The following podcast contains spoilers for Moon and the Mummy. You have been warned. Welcome back, everybody, to KFR News Radio. Here is Miguel Magusto and Glenjamin Button. As always, how you doing, Miguel? I'm good. How are you? Swell, swell. That's good. Hey, I got a question for you. <laughs> you better ask me. <laughs> In which country does the spectacular opening sequence of the Bond movie Spectre take place? I have multiple choice if you want it, but that's a pretty easy one. I haven't seen Spectre since it came out, and it was like my least favorite Bond movie. But you don't remember the spectacular opening sequence. I don't even remember the opening sequence at all. Oh, is it in Mexico? Yeah. Uh, I, I, the only reason <laughs> I remember de los muertos. was because of the face masks. Yeah, Dios de los muertos. <laughs> Instead uh, of the knee masks or anything yeah. like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I already told you, but uh, might as well tell the two people listening. I got a box of movie trivia questions Ooh. for Christmas this year, and I got no other way to use them. Because no one can keep up with me when it comes to the movie trivia. So I'm just going to read one before every episode and see if I can trick Glenn. Well, which won't um, be hard. Because it won't be hard. It no. already almost messed me up there. Yeah. <laughs> I almost said Scandinavia was, or some I, shit. <laughs> I honestly thought that one was pretty easy, too. That like was I, easy. I was just dumb. Yeah. Uh, so uh, how you how you been, Glenn? <laughs> Believe it or not, Mike, I'm fantastic. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Maybe it's because I watched one movie other than our lineup this week how about that i i also watched only one movie other than our lineup which i was shocked to find out when i looked it up oh. uh so yeah so you know it is what it is what movie did you watch mine's kind of cheating but it was a uh, captain marvel that's not cheating you watched it before we recorded this so which is like uh, literally two hours ago yeah <laughs> how was it it was good it was nothing right home about yeah. like you said last time in the last podcast which we just text home about now yeah text home nothing to text home about it was it was uh, funny ben mendelson was surprisingly really funny yeah i feel like it's going to be one of those movies that like marvel fans always overestimate or over exaggerate how good marvel movies are and then over exaggerate how bad dc movies are yeah, like like everyone's um, talking about how great this movie is. I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's it's deserving of, of some praise. But then when it comes to DC movies, which I would not say are terrible, but they're just like meh. Uh, yeah. Everyone just like, oh, they're terrible. Ah, oh, they're stupid. And the Marvel Universe is better. Blah. Well, the thing about this one for me has been I've seen lots of lots of mixed reviews. So it's yeah. either really bad or it's either, hey, this movie's heckin good. Yeah, and the, then on top of that, this is the most advertised Marvel movie I have ever seen so far. Yeah, really. And the the thing is, Brie Larson's a great actress, but she looks so flat in this. She's like, she's she's mainly flat, but it's more of like a funny kind of flat. Okay, that that's good to know because like on like her, not, she's not hilarious funny, but like she's been I've boring met girls me. Like in, this. Yeah, she's been boring me just in the trailers. So I'm not too. Uh, I don't know. expect you to be too more or any more excited. I mean, yeah, you know me. I'm not. <laughs> I wouldn't be excited about it even if she was given like an Oscar-worthy performance in the yeah. trailers. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. 
I'll see it eventually, but I'm not, uh, you know, itching to see it. See it um, because of Sam Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn. That's that's all I can throw Sam, at you. Sam Jackson playing with a kitten is all I need to see. That's really it. Yeah. Honestly, yes. <laughs> uh, the one movie I saw this week, other than our lineup, is How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Oh. Uh, the third in the trilogy. Uh, most recent in the trilogy as well. Is it the and third? I could have sworn it was the fourth. I'm uh, pretty sure it's just the I mean, third. I wouldn't doubt that it's just the third. Yeah. But it feels like these movies have been coming out. Well, that's so the thing much. With, with, with them is that they have so much time. I mean, they, there's a lot of shorts that they have. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> where they probably advertise the shorts as well. So that I could see why it feels that way. So wait, in I know we already spoiled said spoilers. So that, oh, I don't even care at this point in the second one. Does the, the dad die? We didn't say spoilers for How to Train Your Dragon. I don't but, give a uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the dad does die in, in uh, How okay. to Train Your Dragon. Okay, too. that makes sense now. I'm good. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everyone else in the world. Uh, You've had time. Yeah, you could recuperate but, uh, from this. Yeah, it was, it was decent. Probably... It was entertaining. Uh, it got me emotionally a few times, but, you know, it's probably the least impressive of the two, um, especially with cinematography. Um there were parts in in both one and two that made me drop my jaw, and in this, that never really happened. Uh, yeah. It, uh, for, you know, imagery alone, not necessarily what was going on in the frame, but... True. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's decent. It's a movie. It is a movie. So uh, let's get into our first movie, shall we? Mm. Let's get into Moon. Central, everything running smoothly. Over and out. Rock and roll. God bless America. Good morning, Sam. Do you want me to cut your hair then? Lunar Industries remains the number one provider of clean energy worldwide due to the hard work of people like you. <laughs> Three years is a long haul, you know. I know you're really lonely up there, but I'm proud of you. Two weeks to go, Sam. Two weeks to go, buddy. I'm going home. Written and directed by Duncan Jones, Moon tells the story of astronaut Sam Bell has a quintessentially personal encounter toward the end of his three-year stint on the moon where he, working alongside with computer Gertie, sends back to Earth parcels of a, of a resource that has helped diminish our planet's power problems. You like that alliteration? Planet's power problems. Planet's power problems. <laughs> uh, it's starring Sam Rockwell, uh, Sam Rockwell, uh, Kevin Spacey, pre, pre-scandal. Um and Way that's pretty scandal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's more or less it. Uh, there are other faces, you know. Uh, I actually forgot that Matt Barry was in it. He's one of my favorite comedians, uh, and Benedict Wong. Um, yeah, you don't see any of those guys. Much. Yeah, you see them. You see them a little bit, but very, very briefly. Uh, but yeah, I, the reason I picked this is I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. I remember really enjoying it, and I still really enjoy it. Yeah, I haven't seen it since you recommended it to me, which was probably, what, 20, 
13, 14? Yeah, something like that. Um, and to be honest with you, I completely forgot about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not because it was bad or anything. <laughs> not trying to uh, not trying to lengthen this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, to be honest, you gave me a lot of movies, and I've watched a lot of movies since yeah, then. And you, I kind of just forgot most things about it. You had a high uh, concentration of uh, films there. The thing about this movie is that shots are memorable. Like, I remember thinking, oh, I remember that shot. But, like, overall plot and dialogue, um, with the exception of the big reveal that they're clones. Uh, <gasps> I, we said spoilers already. In this yeah, movie, we actually said spoilers. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, other than the fact that they're clones and a few shots here or there, overall, it's not incredibly memorable. Um it is a really good movie. Uh, I, I think it, it still holds up even after uh, 10 years, actually. It's yeah. almost been 10 years. I think it still holds up. And um, But, you know, it's just – it's a pretty flat movie throughout. There's no huge peak or, peaks or valleys, really, uh, as yeah. far as uh, intensity. Um, it's just kind of suspenseful throughout and, and uh, you know – I don't want to say it's one tone throughout, but it, it doesn't have any spectacles that that are incredibly memorable. Yeah, um, obviously, one thing you gotta love about this movie is Sam Rockwell himself. Mm-hmm. Fucking dude, right there. Yeah, fantastic. Finally got, a, finally got an Oscar. Like, yeah. What a year or two ago, and yeah, for uh, I think it was last year for for three billboards outside yeah. Abbey, Missouri. Um, yeah, he was fantastic. The thing that was really great about him is that he he's essentially playing one person or, or like he's playing two clones of one person. Yeah. But there's a difference of 3 years of being alone between those two people. Yeah. And you can see the subtle differences. Like they're the same person, but they they act completely differently. Like mm-hmm. uh the younger clone is much more aggressive, probably how he was uh the uh, the older one was when he first was woken up. Um and you know, he's definitely calmed down, you know, picked up gardening and model building to kinda <laughs> yeah. kinda calm Pass him down a time bit. Too. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, yeah, like they're it's the same person, but two completely different characters because of the time spent between uh the three years and what's really cool about that is it, it kind of answers the age-old question is like what if i met my younger self would i like him yeah and and at first no yeah no. well ma- mainly because they're baffled that they're both clones but still yeah they kind of don't like each other because one's like you need to calm your temper he's like I know. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, One of my favorite things about this movie is the soundtrack. Um, It's got a great soundtrack. It's uh, Mm -hmm. composed by, I believe, uh, Clint Mansell, who is uh, typically works with uh, Darren Aronofsky. Um, He's done a few other things, but most notably with Darren Aronofsky. And as soon as it came on, I just remembered the several months I spent listening to the soundtrack after I watched the movie. Uh, it's because that that actually that we I was talking about how it's not really a memorable movie, but the soundtrack isn't for yeah, me at least isn't is very memorable. No, it's definitely a solid soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, especially like in his like travels to go uh, 
collect the samples for the energy and stuff like that from the uh, mm-hmm. the rovers or whatever they the the drills no they're not drills they're yeah, they're they're mills. harvesters yeah harvesters, harvesters. There so essentially uh if anyone here hasn't seen it they um they have found a way to take the solar energy from moon rock and harvest it for energy uh and that's essentially what he's doing up there he there's these giant machines that uh um kind of cut up the rock and and make it harvestable and uh he collects it and sends it back yeah um but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the thing I think it did really well. It, it created very subtle mysteries, like things that the first time around don't really click. But then yeah. the second time you watch it, you're like, oh yeah, that that's so obvious now, and and uh, making you wonder. Like the the biggest thing is um, you don't really kind of understand what's going on with the the broken um, comm system where like he can't speak live to someone on earth. He has to send a video and then receive a video back. Yeah. Uh, and then in later on in one of the videos, you can see that one of the videos is edited, but he just thinks that, you know, he doesn't think anything of it at first. It's just very subtle things that you don't pick up on until you know exactly what's handle, uh, mm-hmm. happening. And then you're like, Oh shit, this is actually really well thought out. And then like another thing on top of that is, like in the beginning, you're kind of left like, oh, I know what's going to happen. And then something else happens. You're like, oh, oh, OK, I'm down for that. Yeah. Like rewatching it, I kind of knew I had I had a vague little image in my head. And then I was like, oh, shit, no, that's not what happens. Mm-hmm. This happens. That, yeah. that was nice to have. It's a nice yeah. little twist a Rooney. You know? <laughs> uh, I, I think it's a uh, this movie was definitely a lot more indie feeling than I remember. I, I remember. Yeah. Uh, growing up, or not growing up, but when I first first watched it, <laughs> well, I grew at, up ten the, years ago, at the ripe old age of twenty years old, um, I I watched it and I remembered it being like much bigger scale. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I'm not saying that the graphics haven't aged well or the way it's shot hasn't aged well. It's probably more so the way it's edited that I don't think is aged as well as I would have liked. Um, you know, it feels for lack of a better word, uh, amateurish, even though it's obviously not. You got Sam Rockwell uh, and Kevin Spacey involved, so it's definitely got some professionalism behind it. Um, But this was uh, Duncan Jones' first feature film, so you can definitely see where he was kind of learning and growing while making it. Yeah. Um, Some of the CGI didn't age well, I guess, in the last 10 years either. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously it was good regardless, but I mean... You could tell, obviously, yeah. that I mean, a spaceship the, wasn't a spaceship, but yeah, it's not the, bad. It's not bad CGI. Mm-hmm. It's just the movie, the movie had well. a a five hundred mil or a five million dollar budget. Not yeah. five hundred million. That'd be crazy. Five hundred so million. A five a five million dollar budget for this kind of movie is so small. Yeah. Um. So the fact that they were able to accomplish a, a lot of what they wanted to do was actually pretty uh pretty impressive. Hundred um, percent. One thing that I noticed, I, I don't know what to make of this, but uh, all of the harvesters were named after the gospel. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that means anything, uh, but I just thought that was uh, that was interesting. Just, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, those are the gospels in the Bible. Uh, yeah. Don't know what they're trying to say, but there we go. So another thing I liked about this movie was, like, how it made you feel like a more or less, like, what it reminded you of from other movies. So obviously we've got 
a huge benefactor here for uh, Space Odyssey 2001 mm-hmm. uh, between Kevin Spacey and, and Sam Rockwell's characters. Although, not to that extent. Not he, really it was, to it was, that extent. It was but. kind of anti-2001, yeah. um, where in 2001, Hal is uh, aggressive and, uh, you know, kind of the uh, antagonist, where in this... You're actually surprised when Gertie tries to help um, mm-hmm. Sam out. You know, he he uh, actually helps him log into a computer at one point that kind of reveals what happens to the clones. Yeah. So, like, you, you get nice reminders of that, and you're like, oh, that's that's really cool. And then yeah. there's most likely a better example than this one that I'm going to give, but the first one that came to mind was Oblivion when Tom Cruise found the other Tom Cruises and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, like, I was like, oh, man, that's that's crazy. That's insane. Although I'm, Oblivion came out after this, so. Yeah, I mean, I, at the time, I didn't know that. Like, I'm even looking it up now. Yeah. But still, <laughs> I was like, wow, that's insane. You know, 2013, you are absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So, Shut hey, up, baby, Oblivion reminded me of Moon. <laughs> Did I just say Olivia or Oblivia? I think you said Oblivion, but uh, who knows? Oh, my um, God. <laughs> uh, Sam Rockwell is a geographical oddity, if you ask me. <laughs> Uh, he is from San Francisco in the Bay Area, uh, Dale, Daly City or Dale City, I believe. But it's, you know, in the Bay Area. But goddamn, if he doesn't have the perfect Southern accent, even when he's just being himself. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know where. I don't know who. I don't know how. But he has a Southern accent. He's from San Francisco, Daly City, mm-hmm. California. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. What's funny is he moved to New York so not only is he from San Francisco but he then moved to New York yeah so yeah. Have, there's two different accents there but and he's the one like he has. southern <laughs> <laughs> like to the point where they have a it's it's just a subtle uh, uh, you know detail that they have a Tennessee Titans uh, insignia hanging up yeah. in his room uh, hinting that he's from Tennessee um, which just I don't Sam Rockwell who are you who are you, Sam Rockwell? Who are you? What the heck? <laughs> I just, uh, I just passed uh, some of his credits, and he's Sam Bell on another movie called Mute. Mute the. Oh, that's a that's yeah. another Duncan Jones movie. Yeah, and his name's Sam Bell in that movie. Oh, maybe it's supposed to take place in the same universe, or it's just a nice but little. I, I believe his character was the child molester, wasn't he? Oh, no, no, it's un- uncredited. Hold on. Wait. Maybe it's like news archive footage or something. Maybe. Uh, to kind of connect the two f- two films. I'm glad I uh, came across that. Look at this interesting fact. Look at this. This is a, this is a KFR exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> so Mute. Brought to you by none other than Glenn. Mute and people. Moon take place in the same universe and no one knows. Not even Duncan Jones yeah, knows. He's, in, he's uncredited as Sam Bell. And you know, I, I think I remember him just being on like a news segment when that happened. Um, either about the clone or about him being an astronaut. But I do remember that, because I, I, I think you watched it, too, the yep. um, um, Mute, which is a, it's a decent movie. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, 
But yeah, it's uh, that's crazy. Confirmed. Duncan Jones said that it takes place in the same universe and Sam Bell is Sam Bell. I'm glad I came across crazy. that. That just made this whole yeah. podcast a little more interesting. A little more interesting, yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's that and what Duncan Jones said in that uh, little interview there, which I completely had forgot about when I was ref- doing the referencing thing, is this whole movie, I had a solid Blade Runner feel to it. Like, uh, I think he was talking about Mute. Oh, was he? Well, yeah, but, uh, he's, but this he said does a little bit too. Blade Runner, I think. Do I have to go well, back? No, no, I think he was talking movie. about the movie. I don't know, whatever. But either way, yeah, they they both kind of have a Blade Runner feel where it's uh, you know, it's the future, but it's not neat and clean. You know, it's it's uh, how the future actually will be, which is dirty and disgusting. And uh, your robots will be covered in coffee stains. That's not even what I'm talking about, man. All right, so what I was talking about here is it reminded me more or less of Blade Runner because of these these guys are, they're clones. And when they find out they're clones, they realize they basically only have like a three-year lifespan. Oh, okay. And which the replicants, I, off the top of my head, I don't remember their lifespan, but they were... They were rep- they were fake humans that just wanted to live their life as humans without, you know, dying. They just wanted to yeah. live. Yeah, I could definitely and see that. In now. this movie, you got Sam Bells all over the place. They don't want to die. They want to get back to their family, which if they all do, that's going to be a little awkward because there are yeah. three Sam Bells saying, what's up, baby? Where's my <laughs> child? <laughs> I got three dads now. <laughs> Actually, honey, you got a lot more than that up in the, on the moon. <laughs> but yeah, like I had huge Blade Runner vibes, and thanks to that video, I'm pretty very certain that he said uh, Blade Runner in the beginning of the interview. Yeah, but, he, he did. Yeah, I just but, thought uh, he was talking about mute, not yeah, this. But uh, yeah, I, I could see Blade Runner in that too. But still, regardless, Definitely. that was a, I guess, a huge thing for my mind to be blown by. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I I don't really have too much to say about this. You and I had a discussion beforehand where we just kind of both enjoyed these watching these movies, didn't take too many notes. Yeah. Uh, so we don't have much. This might be just another short one. You know, well, it's also it also doesn't help. These movies are short, so like we can't yeah. complain about the length. It was a nice length. Yeah. It was good length. And specifically, Moon takes place all in like one area. Yeah, it's a secluded area. It's, it's, it's essentially just the same mystery throughout the entire thing. There's no real huge reveals. Um, and there's no other actors or actresses in the movie, so you can't yeah. complain about that or respect it. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm glad that I rewatched it. Um, same. It's like we got a live one. I'm gonna go out. Okay, Sam. Imagining things. What's going on? Where did he come from? Why does he look like me? You've been up here too long, man. You've lost your marbles. Too easy, too easy, too easy. I understand what's happening. This is my mind. I want to go home. I know.
And you know what? While we're just uh, trying to think of things to say, let's just say fucking move on to the mummy. (laughs) (laughs) I was done anyway, so fuck it. Let's move on to the mummy. (laughs) Where did you get this? On a dig down in Thebes. (gasps) Jonathan, I think you found something. There is an ancient legend of a place known as the City of the Dead. We call it the doorway to hell. Where the earliest pharaohs were said to have hidden the wealth of Egypt. Are we going into battle? There's something out there. Something underneath that sand. They came to uncover its secrets. Mummies, my good son. This is where they made the mummies. They sought to unlock its treasure. And then there was light. Oh, boy. What they did... Oh my God, it does exist. I think this may be the Book of the Dead. ...was unleash a force unlike any the world has ever known. You must not read from the book! The Mummy. At an archaeological dig in an ancient city of Hamunpatra. Hamunapatra. I don't know why I put a little Spanish slang on it. But an American serving in a French foreign legion accidentally awakens a mummy who begins to wreck, reek, I'm sorry, is it reek? Wreck? That's definitely wreck havoc. Uh, yeah, it says wreck havoc. Wreck havoc as he searches for the in, or <laughs> Jesus Christ. I even you wanna, did the you little wanna just start light. over? You wanna start you, over? No. The reincarnation of his long lost love. That was it. Unnocks on the moon! Uh, directed by uh, Stephen Sommers, and written by Stephen Sommers, uh, Lloyd Fonville, and stars Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weisz, and John Hanna. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Finally, I got through it all. Look at that. And Arnold Vosloo as well. Don't forget Arnold Vosloo. Kevin J. Arnold. O'Connor, Jonathan Hyde, Ode okay, Fair. just going down the whole list there, are we? Yeah, Eric Avari. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, uh, as I said last week, this is one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, one of the movies that got me into filmmaking in the first place, mm-hmm. and I'm not ashamed to say it. And you know what, Glenn? After watching it last night, I have a hot take. Are you ready for that hot take? Um, hot take me, baby. This is a better movie than Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um. <laughs> See, I've barely seen Ra- Raiders of the Lost Ark, so I can't uh, argue with it. Well, I, I although so what, you suck. Although for me, and here we go, what I have seen from Raiders of the Lost Ark, I do like The Mummy more because The Mummy's had a more special place in my heart than yes. Indiana Jones. Yes, granted it has like 20 so years or whatever. To, let's, to, let's, let's build a seat for two on this hot take. <laughs> we got to, two seats on this hot take. Together. We have unlimited seats for anyone else who wants to join, but we are saying that The Mummy, directed by... Steven Summers is you know, better not, than Raiders not, of the Lost the Ark by Steven Spielberg. Not the other, not the other one with Tom Cruise. Ah! Or one. the one from the 30s or 40s or whatever decade that was from. Yeah. <laughs> What's the matter, man? <laughs> for heaven's sakes, what is it? <laughs> he, he, he went for a little walk. <laughs> far, far away. But I always forget how much I enjoy this movie until I watch it again. And like I know I know I got excited last week, but like 
I really got into this movie again. And the thing about this movie, unlike Moon, every single part is memorable for me. There wasn't a single shot in it that I didn't remember. There wasn't a single line of dialogue that I didn't remember. I didn't have it memorized, but I remembered it. There was nothing like, oh, I don't remember that happening. I remember every single frame of this movie. (laughs) I probably watched it a good 15, 20 times when I was a kid. (laughs) Yeah, I'd have to say I at least watched it a little less than a dozen times, but this this movie it was one of the uh it's one of the bookmarks in my in my life not as not as a big as a uh, bookmark for you but it, it was a great movie man mm-hmm. it's, it's classic yeah i mean i was obsessed with egyptian 20 years old holy shit i was obsessed with egyptian history even before this movie uh and this kind of just more so instilled it and made me you know at, before i realized i actually wanted to be a filmmaker it made me want to I thought I wanted to be an archaeologist because of this movie. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it holds up, you know, it's, it's definitely feels like a nineties movie, but like a good nineties movie. Um, the the only thing that doesn't hold up obviously is the CGI. Yeah. But other than that, everything else is fantastic about this movie. Absolutely. And, and, you know, Brendan Fraser's a natural treasure. What this country did to him after crash is, is horrific. And, and I I really, what the country did is what his wife did. (laughs) I don't know. What did his wife do? Uh, and any money he makes, his wife gets. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah. Oh, so. oh, Brendan Fraser. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that. Yeah, I had um, to look that up like a year or two ago because I was wondering where he's been. How's he, money, how's, he, how's he supposed to make money if she gets it all? Exactly. What? So, so any work that he does pretty much goes directly to her, at least a huge portion of it, if uh. I remember correctly. If not, I'm sorry I'm lying to you, but I'm pretty sure that's that's what I read and everything like that. There's probably yeah. other reasons among it, but I'm sure that really t- put, hits the nail in the coffin there. Yeah, um, but, you know, even with the opening of this movie, with the uh, you kind of see what happens to Emotep and Anaxana Moon. No, I can't pronounce that fucking name. Anaxana Moon. Anaxana Moon. Anaxana Moon. And, uh, We're about and, to conjure her up right now if we keep chancing this. <laughs> Was that a Beetlejuice rule? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, when when they kill the pharaoh, that kind of was like almost Shakespearean, kind of like Julius Caesar, kind of. Yeah. Uh, where, uh, yeah, just had that moment where it's just like, Imhotep, my priest. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's such a... Great movie throughout. It's got a perfect balance of, you know, action, drama, comedy, uh, even romance for those who enjoy that. Um, And uh, like I said, I remember every single part of this movie, and I hope that never changes. Uh, If you would have asked me 20 years ago, you know, 10 years ago, that Rachel Vise is in this movie, not asked me, told me, I would have told you no. No, she's not. She, to me, she does not look the same at all. And when I, I read her name was in here, I was like, get the get, yeah. a, get out of this house. I mean, get she was she was like 28 or 29 when they filmed it. So she looks completely not completely different. I won't say that. But like, yeah. I could have sworn she was not in this movie. And here <laughs> she is. Like, well, I, I thought it was somebody else. See, I knew it was her just because I had a crush on her when I was a kid after seeing yeah. it. And then uh, when I saw she was in The Fallon, I was like, oh, it's her from The Mummy. And then when I oh, saw man. she was in The Favorite, I'm like, oh, it's her from The Mummy. I don't know her name. What's her name? I, her name is it's her from The Mummy for me. Um, 
<laughs> no, it's Rachel Vice. She's a great actress. She's one of my favorite actresses uh, and gets better with age, in, in my opinion. She, you know, The Favor is probably one of her best roles. Um, and I, I just I'm really excited that, you know, she had this success. Hopefully, Brendan Fraser can grab some success, too, because uh, he's my boy, Blue. Do you know there's a Mummy TV series? Is or was? Was back in 2001 to 2003. I had I be- no idea about that. I believe it. You know, this oh, movie was, was huge. A cartoon. Yeah, this movie was huge when it came out. It. Uh, let's see. Let's get some numbers here. Uh, the box. The budget was 80 million dollars. Opening weekend, it made 43. Uh, a little over 43 million, which is pretty good. And then. Um, since uh, 2012 was the last time they kind of added up the numbers, it has made almost half a billion dollars. Yeah. So this is a massive success, even if it took some time. But I, I think it was a success even after. Uh, I think it doubled its money while in theaters. And Imagine then, how much it made since the last Mummy came out. Uh, after, yeah, after Tom Cruise. Everyone was like, oh, this isn't like, what I remember. Fuck it. Go yeah. buy the old one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just... I just really enjoyed this movie. I took less notes for this than I did for Moon just because I was I was catching myself just watching it. This movie is so quotable, uh, especially <laughs> with the character Benny. Yeah, um, anything Benny is quotable. Anything Benny says is is, is quotable. Uh, the warden, um, who, uh, what's his, the character's name? It's not uh, it's just the warden. Something short, too. Uh, God Hassan. Yeah. Warden Gat Hassan, who uh, is uh, played by Omid Jali, um, who is a uh, British British comedian, um, he's he's hilarious. You know, he's most of his lines. He was my favorite character, honestly. Yeah. Um, so that makes me want to ask you: Who other than Brendan Fraser is your favorite character in this movie? Oh, shit. <laughs> <sighs> um. Yeah, you know, it's really hard to be honest with you. And like the only reason I like the character is because I know them in something else and they were fantastic in that role. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to think about now that I can't say Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Probably well, the, John Hanna, to be honest with you. John Hanna? Yeah. yeah. The the entire uh the every character in this movie has a memorable part. Yeah. You know, it, it's probably the most balanced as far as, you know, actors go uh, for like the side characters and the smaller roles. They get like just as much screen time, just as much memorable moments. Um, you know, you you get everything from Mr. Henderson, who uh, is like the cowboy type American, mm-hmm. him him just trying to be like uh, like a John Wayne type. Uh, then you get uh, Corey Johnson, um, who plays Mr. Daniels. He's kind of like he's like the balding guy. He he has his moments. Moments. Then you have Mr. Burns, who's the guy that loses his eyes and tongue. You, you just have so many characters that get these awesome, memorable parts and it are just as important to the film. You can't take a single character out of this movie and have it be the same movie. Yeah. Which you can't say that about many movies. You can certainly say that even about like Indiana Jones or Jurassic Park or anything. Like you can take certain characters out of that and it's still relatively the same movie, but not this movie. This movie gives like fair, fair show to everybody. And I, I, I was just amazed watching it last night. Yeah, man, I, I, I picked this movie cause I was having a little, 
I was just tweaking a little bit. I needed my Brendan Fraser fix. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, he's so good in this movie. Everybody's so good in this movie. But yeah. Brendan Fraser was a hunk. Let me tell you, <laughs> oh, honey, I need a fan right now. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Uh, I, I tell everyone, and this is this is partially true. I mean, I would not mind winning an Oscar at some point in my life, but my career goal is to direct Brendan Fraser in something more than it is to win an Oscar. And yeah, like I, I, he's been in this show called Doom Patrol, and they've they've been advertising it a lot lately, and mm-hmm. they they mainly advertise that it's Brendan Fraser playing this one character, like Mister Robot or whatever his name is. Yeah, you, you don't even see his face. Um, and I just I read. Brendan Fraser, I'm like, yes, I need to see the mummy yeah. right now. My friend Kevin's actually working on that movie. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I'm saying it. He told me, so I'm guessing that I can say it. Um, I'm not really giving anything. He's he's just an electrician, I believe. Um, yeah. So is it a movie or a show? It's a show. It's oh. a it's a. I think it might be limited series, but you know them. Anytime it's a limited series, they'll probably yeah make if it more. does well enough. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that, and that's a superhero thing. Like I I I only want to see it for Brendan Fraser. Exactly. I don't care that's, about that's anyone else. That's the only reason I want to. And like I haven't even watched any of the Marvel shows. Like I watched maybe a little bit of yeah, Agents of Shield, and then I stopped. That was boring. I watched a little bit of Gotham, but it all it was so bland. All the shows mm-hmm. were bland. Brendan Fraser, he's not. He's like I'm Brendan Fraser, baby. And I'm like <laughs> I know. That's why I'm here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean I. <laughs> Brendan Fraser's a hunk. It makes me question uh, who I am. Uh, Rachel Weiss is awesome as usual. John Hanna. Everyone's just, this movie is just so solid. It's mm-hmm. so well made. I don't understand why anyone would say this is a bad movie. Uh, apparently on Metascore, Metacritic, they have a 48 Metascore, and I think that's out of 100. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, those people can go, go kick rocks. Um it's just it's just a fun movie. This you know? movie it made me laugh really hard. It it really set that that typecast of the American Americans just dual pistoling the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, like even with them, like the while they're shooting uh, some of the magi who you know you find out later that they're good, but mm-hmm. un, for the longest time you think they're bad guys, and the Americans are just shooting at them. They they even do the whole cowboy like, yahoo. <laughs> yep. It's it's so funny. It it's, is really funny. So for a while there, I was into really bad comedies, like Deuce Bigelow, for instance. <laughs> um and <laughs> he's in Deuce Bigelow. So oh, no. my mind was blown when I I did Fair was in Deuce Bigelow. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and it's just obviously it's a huge drastic change from him being the, this leader this badass leader this, yeah, too. this badass leader and then next thing you know he's a uh, male prostitute <laughs> <laughs> he's got range not he's that we're range. talking about <laughs> that shit movie yeah Bigelow, but, uh, but still man yeah this this is just a really solid movie you know i don't really have any too much to say just singing its praises over and over again um, yeah no it's it's one of those it's really good classic movies that yeah, you, you wish you'd took more time to appreciate you were saying that both of these movies were short talking about moon and the mummy the mummy is two hours and four minutes long that's not a short movie but it just flows so well it feels short it doesn't feel that long yeah and that's good that's always good if a movie feels shorter than it is 
then it's a, it's got good flow. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a good movie, but it's definitely got good flow. Especially when they they don't sit in one spot for too long. It's always them constantly either moving to the next thing or them running away or them going back or whatever it is. It's, or it's or the cutting flow. to another character. Or Yeah, the flow is so nice. And I really loved rewatching this movie. Man. Yeah, me too. I, I think I'm going to make it an annual treat for myself is rewatching oh, the movie. Oh, trick or treat. Yeah. <laughs> Although I've seen, I think I've seen it more times than I am old. Actually, I'd, but, I'd uh, love to watch it on Halloween. I yeah. usually try to watch the Adams Family annually, but now I think I might replace that <laughs> shit. Uh, you got anything else to say about this? I do not. Brent Fraser's right. a hunk. That's it. You have unleashed a creature that we have feared for more than three thousand years. Whoa! He will regenerate and no longer be the undead. We are in serious trouble. It calls for it! Universal Pictures invites you. This powers are growing. What? This just keeps getting better and better. To experience the adventure. It appears he's already chosen his human sacrifice. That will live forever. If he turns me into a mummy, you're the first one I'm coming after. Go! So we have talked about Moon and the Mummy, probably not as much as we've talked about other movies, but that's because we just really fucking enjoyed them. Uh, more a, so, more or less, all you have to say is it's, it's really fucking good. It's really, really fucking good. So uh, let's get into the judgment, shall we? Uh, as you all know, for the movies to make it onto the KFR shelf, it has to be unanimous decision by both Glenjamin and I. Mm. Uh, so let's talk about Moon. Moon was my movie, so I'll go first. Um, I think it still holds up, you know, story-wise, acting-wise. Uh, like you said, it kind of falters a little bit with CGI but it, it, and, and um, editing. But uh, overall, it's still a pretty decent movie. Uh, I kind of want to get your opinion on this just because I, I am a little torn. Um, I oh, do man. love this movie, but I'm just not 100% throwing sure. It, throwing it back to last week, huh? Yeah, I mean... Where we have uh, this stalemate. Yeah. Okay, let me let me give you a little inside scoop on the Glenjamin Button experience. <laughs> Moon, although the CGI didn't really hold up, the editing didn't really hold up to a certain standard, I feel that they used it minimally enough to where you're like, okay, I'm not terribly offended by this. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, doesn't hurt my opinion on the movie as a whole altogether because the story in itself was good enough and the acting itself even though there was only three or four real whole people in this movie yeah. I think those traits uh, flew to the higher peaks of the mountain than the CGI holds it down to I would agree with that um, and you know it's just we always talk about how we want more standalone movies for lack of a better word yeah. uh more movies that kind of you know make their own thing and not not cookie cutter um so uh let's 
Yeah, I'll say I think we can put it on the shelf. I think it's worthy. It has enough good in there. Uh, it does feel like that it was probably longer, and then the editing might be because they cut it down to the time that it is. Yeah. Um, which is completely understandable. So I, I'm 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 still gonna say we, yeah we can put it on the shelf. No, you could say that, but I'm I didn't make my choice. I'm not putting that fucker on the shelf. Well, I know. I'm just telling you I want to put it on the shelf. Even though I am gonna put it on the shelf. That's I knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> Gotta have some tension here. <laughs> Gotta always have you on your toes, even if you're on your feet. What? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Moon makes it onto the shelf, and let's move on to see if the mummy does the same. Why would this movie ever make it to the shelf? The CGI is terrible. The acting's fantastic. The chemistry between the actors are great. Freaking, no, there's no reason for this movie to make it on the shelf. Unless you're a demon, then call me a demon. <laughs> or mummy, I don't care. Whatever evil spirit you want to conjure. Oh, mummy would have been better. Mummy would have been fantastic. So, are you are you saying it should go on the shelf? Absolutely. Is childhood, this a shelf? Childhood point? memories. Childhood memories were brought back into this twenty six year old body of mine, and I, I thought, wow, this is gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, I think this is where you and I might disagree here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. So while I really enjoyed this movie, it's just not artistic enough for me. You know, it doesn't have enough th- themes, social themes and, you know, nods to politics today. There's nothing about, you know, <laughs> how America's going in the wrong direction. And there's just not enough that is really saying much. Sure, it's a fun ride, but how... How are we supposed to know if it's good if it's not saying something? Because I fucking enjoyed it, that's why. So this will go on this shelf. I don't know what I was doing there. I, I thought I'd Listen, do a bit, but... I had the biggest grin, because I was going to let you try. I going to let you try to convince me. And all you did was just monologue about how great this movie was. <laughs> just on opposite day. That's all yes. I heard about it. Yes, it is a fun-ass movie. Uh, and you know, there are, there are times for those movies. I don't hate on big blockbuster movies because they aren't fun. Um, I don't think they're nearly as fun as this, but, uh, yeah, there, there's a time and place for this kind of movie. So this of course does go on the shelf. We've got shelf boys, two shelf boys. We haven't done that in a while. Get two shelf boys. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen next week, if I'm honest. Um, so we got the moon, or not the moon. We got <laughs> moon and the mummy on the shelf, along with the other KFR shelf boys. There's a lot um, of boys this time. <laughs> well, this time, and, uh, not just period. There's a lot of boys anymore. Yeah. Right, what? As, as always, we got two more movies for next week. Glenn, what's your movie? Okay, I'm going to give you, because I'm a little stuck here, to be honest. I'm going to give oh, you a okay. multiple choice here. Ooh. And I want Don't you... tell me the title. Kind of just describe them to me. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, I'll, I'll say the genres, and then I'll say the time they were released. Okay. We had a Western made in the very late 60s. Or we've got a mid-90s drama. Oh, shit. Um... <clears throat> Mm-hmm. I'll, you give know what, you, I'll give you a little bit more if you really want. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's do that. One's a Texas Western. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that. And the that. other one is a lawyer drama. 
Uh, oh, okay. Lawyer dramas are typically pretty good, especially in the 90s. That was kind of their peak. Um, uh, the Western's about murder, which is kind of a given. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we've kind of neglected the Western genre. So I'm going to say the the 1960s Western that takes okay. place in Texas and is about murder. Also, it's an original. It was remade by the Coen brothers. It oh, is True Grit. True Grit. Oh, where can we watch that? It is going to be on Amazon Prime. That's right. We didn't pick a Netflix. And by we, I mean me. True Grit, directed by Henry Hathaway, uh, stars John Wayne, Kim Darby, and Glenn Campbell. Synopsis here. A drunken, hard-nosed U.S. Marshal and a Texas Ranger help a stubborn teenager track down her father's murderer in Indiana. And by Indiana, I mean Indian Territory. Mm, Cool, cool. So my movie is available on Netflix. Netflix sponsor us. Please, please, please. (laughs) And you know me. I'm not really much of a fandom person. I don't really Mm -hmm. have a fandom of anything other than, you know, Philadelphia sports and... And Metal music. Metal music. And there's one other thing that is... It's film related, but it's specific. Can you guess what that thing I'm a fan of is? Mike, I thought we talked about this. We can't bring up your addictions to porn on the podcast. No, Glenn, no. No. You got you to gotta tell me. me. If it's not that, I don't it's know. It's not that. It's not that. I have that under control. I told you. Is it, uh, is it Orson Welles? <laughs> no. It's A24. Oh, shit. A24 <laughs> is by far my favorite film distribution studio, which they is, are you fantastic. know, for most people, that's a very weird sentence to say. But, you know, to <laughs> me, it makes sense. But anyway, I have never seen the first movie that they released in theaters or had wide release in theaters. Uh, mainly because I don't think it looks good, but I, I have faith in A24. Okay. I have faith. And that movie is Spring Breakers. Oh, shit. You Ran know, and directed. To be honest, <laughs> I never thought I'd watch this movie, but here we are. <laughs> I, you know what? Neither did I, and I felt like throwing a curveball our way. Okay. I have no expectations of liking this movie, which might be a good way to go in, into it. Yeah. Uh, but it's written and directed by Harmony Corrine. Corinne? Corrine? Corrine, probably. Corine, uh, and is starring Vanessa Hudgens, Selena Gomez, Ashley Benson, and James Franco, for some reason, wearing grills and having cornrows, uh, which is 90% of the reason I don't want to see this movie. <laughs> But yeah, as far as as far as the cast goes, it's it's more of a pop kind of cast. Yeah, which is why I don't want to see it. But then it's also a twenty four, so yeah. I feel like they got to at least even in the early days got to know something. Um, so it's about yeah. four college girls hold up a restaurant in order to fund their spring break vacation. While partying, drinking, and taking drugs, they are arrested only to be bailed out by a drug and arms dealer. Ooh, yeah. Right, so I, I will <clears throat> say this about this movie. It's A24. That's that's all I'll say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and A24. I, I know a lot of my friends who uh, smoked the reefer liked this movie, so I can only imagine that we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. see I, have, I, I have no expectations for it. I thought it'd it be interesting. It could be better than we expect. Who knows? It could be. And I, I felt like uh, it'd be interesting to watch a movie that neither of us really want to watch. So. That's, that is very true. So there we go. So next week, next week's movies are True Grit, the John Wayne version, and 
Spring Breakers. What a contrast. Think about yeah, that for a second. <laughs> that is a massive contrast. Oh, my goodness. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Instagram at Keystone underscore film underscore review. We're also on Facebook, Keystone Film Review. On Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it for the Keystone Film Review podcast for this week. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.